Yeah, it's Danny Howe back again with uh, another episode of Tales from Southern Indiana. This time I thought I would actually try to talk more specifically about Southern Indiana than I have in the past. Um, sometimes I don't do it, probably because of a, uh, a lack of wanting to share things that uh, might not be all that pretty or, or, or funny or happy, because it's a tough place uh, to live. It, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of farmland, but uh, not many people making a living off of it because it's, the land is mostly hard clay, except by along the rivers, and uh, it doesn't produce enough for people to really be full-time farmers. And there's not much else for folks to do by way uh, of a job. You know, my hometown had a bus assembly plant for many, many years. Folks worked there, and remember they were laid off every Christmas. It was always an occasion people looked forward to uh, because they got unemployment checks for a while. At any rate, uh, it closed, and about maybe seven years after it shut down and moved to Mexico, my brother ran into a fellow that he knew from high school who he knew had worked at the plant and he asked him what he was doing since then and the guy said nothing he said well how do you make a living he said well people know i'm a welder uh you know and uh every now and then somebody needs something welded and that was kind of it so what i wanted to touch base on today was uh, this this word hoosier you know which generally is, is, is acknowledged to mean essentially nothing. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut gave it as an example of what he called a grand falloon, uh, uh, people who are members of, of something that means nothing whatsoever to be a member of. But there is some history to it, and it's been debated forever. Uh, there is, if you care to uh, delve into it, a book from 1907 uh, by Wrigley about the origin of the words. And it mentions that the first printed version of the word was in a poem by somebody named John Finley, who was, I guess, well-known at the time, but thankfully forgotten now, who had several phrases in the poem along the lines of these. My pockets are so shrunk of late, I cannot nibble Hoosier bait. What, what, what in God's name is he talking about? Uh, and at any rate, even back in the early 1830s, there was quite a bit of a debate and several different theories about what the heck that the thing meant. Um, in 1824, someone had written that uh, the word was used in the same sense of the terms half horse or half alligator. Now, what these terms meant is also some debate, uh, although I think they ultimately connected with some of the earlier uses of the word that are that are, at least are recorded in this ancient book uh, that uh, a it was a common term for a bully and there's a quote uh, from some publication saying the boatmen of Indiana were formerly as rude and primitive as could well belong to a civilized country uh, we get to debate how much that's changed today and um, James Whitcomb Riley the Hoosier poet laureate uh, was uh, quoted as saying at some point uh, that uh, people who were called Hoosiers were very vicious fighters and not only gouged and scratched but frequently bit off noses and ears. So there you go. Uh, you get points off for that now but at that time it made you a symbol of strength and uh, scariness. Uh, the word was thought to originally have been hushers for people who were so mean and nasty and vicious and bit off so many noses and ears that when you were around them, you guys stayed darn quiet. So, the, I think the, 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 the earliest term that made sense to me 
and it says it was used in Virginia, Tennessee, where a lot of folks came from in their migrant stratums up to southern Indiana, was to mean a country hoodlum. No wonder, therefore, that today, generally, Indiana folks say that nobody the heck knows what the word Hoosier means, because the truth is that a lot of people probably do know what it means, and it isn't very pretty, just like a lot of other aspects of southern Indiana. Uh, I miss the geography, the hills, the clouds, they have these puffy clouds they don't really have in the east, the Appalachians seem to thin them out. But, you know, you want to be careful when you talk to the locals. And uh, if they don't know you, then, you know, you, you, you may want to give them 10 or 20 years to start to get used to who you are, and, and then maybe they'll stop throwing rocks at you. That's it for today. Thanks for listening, and uh, good luck through these trying times.